0: hey there future fans this week what happens in vegas stays infected this is the week of may 21st 2021 and you are listening to episode 203 of future flicks with billiam Welcome to the show. Yes, episode 203. We've done a couple now in a row. I know I've been really bad about sharing them online, so I'm sorry if you've missed them. But yay, this is quite the um you know, quite the thing we have going here. It's like almost like a pattern of a weekly show. Go figure. Well, some of you may be wondering, hey, what is it you do on this show? Well, let me tell you, if you're new, welcome to the show. And I'll tell you what, this is a very up-to-date show. I, I talk about movies currently coming out and current movie news, so there's no real reason to go back and listen to the previous episodes in case you really like me. For, for some reason, you really like me, then yeah, sure, go ahead. But I only say that because I know how intimidating it is jumping into a show that's been going for a while, and you're like, well, damn, how can I even get started in this Well, no worries. You don't have to go back and listen to the 202 previous episodes. You do not have to do that. You can start right here with episode 203, and let me tell you what we do. First off, what we do is we go over any new movie news that has caught my eye since the last episode. We then go into any new movie trailers that have caught my eye since the last episode. See a pattern here? And then we talk about all of the movies coming out during the week that are broken up into two sections. The first section is the limited release section. Those are all movies not getting a wide release. And also that did nothing to catch my eye. Does it mean they're bad? No, it really doesn't mean they're bad. But remember, movie studios have to sell their movies based on the trailer. And if the trailer doesn't do enough, I don't talk about it in the next section. And the next section, which is wide releases and interesting indies is exactly what it sounds like every wide release, no matter how good or bad it looks, and those indies that caught my eye. Then we have a pick of the week, which I say, hey, if you see one movie this week, this movie is going to be the best one. It's going to be the best shot, basically, the best shot to watch an enjoyable film in the theaters. And then we used to have a question of the week, and that's on temporary hiatus. Well, I gather my I gather my thoughts on it. And then I'll send you along the way to listen to the other great podcasts you may enjoy. And guess what? Without further ado, let us jump into the first segment, which, as always, is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. Well, we know that the Knives Out 2 cast is growing. We've talked about this before, but now Leslie Odom Jr. has joined said cast. We know Leslie Odom Jr. from movies like, well, he's been in Hamilton. He played Aaron Burr. One Night in Miami, he was Sam Cooke. He was in Murder on the Orient Express and Red Tails. And yes, I read that directly off his um, IMDb because I forgot he was in those other ones. I knew he was in Hamilton as Aaron Burr. So yes, let's go over the cast as we know it so far. Daniel Craig returning as Benoit Blanc. Uh, Dave Bautista, Catherine Hahn, Edward Norton, Janelle Monae, Leslie Odom Jr. There have been rumors that other people from the first movie besides Daniel Craig are returning as well. But so far, I have not seen anything about that. So we will see if that is the case later on. But so far, that is a good cast. Catherine Hahn is on fire since WandaVision, where she stole the show. She 100% stole the show. Uh, And don't get me wrong, I liked Wanda and Vision. I think it was a wonderful show about grief and mental illness, and I think it did a great job. But Catherine Hahn, goddamn, she is a national treasure. This week, we lost actor Charles Gordon, who is known for movies like Midnight Run, The Heartbreak Kid, King Kong, and Beethoven. If you are around my age, so in your 30s, you you will remember Beethoven when it came out in 1992. Great family comedy. He played the dad. So the dad in Beethoven has passed away at the age of 86. And some of you, this next story comes us from The Wrap. You may have heard quite a bit about MGM being up for sale. And I've heard a couple things. Uh, one of them is that Amazon is in talks to buy MGM for as much as $10 billion. That's right, $10 billion for the MGM studio And uh, Amazon right now is talking about it, but we know that there are other companies wanting uh, MGM as well. But how many of them can compete with Amazon? This next story comes to us from Slash Film. If you are a fan of the classic movie Stand By Me, it is coming back to theaters for a few nights on May 23rd and May 26th. So look around for... Well, look around for that because it should be advertised at any local theater you have, which is open. When things like this happen, when movies come back for like a two night event, it's usually done through, um, I'm oh, not Fandango, but, um, Fathom, Fathom events or something like that. So I would check uh, places like that as well as just your local theater's website. And remember, Stand By Me was based on a short story by Stephen King called The Body and when you think about how many movies that were based on Stephen King's works that were actually good, it is amazing because we have all the bad ones. We know how many of the Stephen King movies were bad, but there are quite a few good ones. Uh, even though it was far different from the book, the, the, um, the Shining was amazing. Stand By Me, of course, fantastic. Shawshank Redemption, great film. It Chapter One, less so with Chapter Two, they, they're out there. Uh, This next story is not a story as much as it's something I just want to make a dumbass comment about. According to Insider, Harry Potter actress Ivana Lynch says her favorite Luna Lovegood moment didn't make it into the movie. I'm sorry, but a lot of people's favorite moments didn't make it into the movies. In other news, this from the New York Post, there is going to be a triple X cut of Basic Instinct being released, and Sharon Stone commented saying she can do nothing to stop it. Uh, If you don't remember, because this was a while ago, Uh, it was a thing when I was a kid. And if you're a little younger and maybe haven't heard of it, but it was a big deal because what happened was Sharon Stone was filming this scene in Basic Instinct and she was being watched. She's dressed kind of sexy and she uncrosses and recrosses her legs while the director said, hey, the underwear you're wearing, your panties are kind of reflecty or something like that you take them off and I swear we won't be able to see a thing that may not have been a lie on purpose, but you could see everything. And he did not say a thing. And it went out in theaters just like that. She was humiliated. It was just a really bad ordeal for her. But she had very few rights about this because, well, Hollywood was not that it's a whole lot better, but especially back then, it was hard for women. So I think it's really shitty that they're releasing a triple X cut. They could at least take that scene out. If they had any class whatsoever, they could at least take that scene out. This next story, a little, okay, a little less dark, but still not good news. IGN reports that Zack Snyder says Warner Brothers has been aggressively anti-Snyder. We know that after the Snyder cut came out, there was a lot of call to restore the Snyderverse. We know a lot of people liked the Snyder cut. Much more than they liked the Justice League. I was one of those people. I thought the Justice League was a fun movie, but flawed. This movie was a whole lot better. Still a little flawed, but a whole lot better. Well, apparently, and we knew this, we knew it, but Warner Brothers gives zero shits, zero shits about the fans loving the Snyderverse and wanting more of it. uh, Because he says Warner Brothers has been aggressively anti-Snyder, if you will. What can I say? Clearly, they're not interested in my take, but I would also say that they certainly weren't interested in, I would have said originally, in my take on Justice League. They certainly made decisions about that. Zack Snyder says he has huge respect for the massive fandom, but basically told us what we already knew and wished wasn't true. This next story comes to us from Variety. Actor Norman Lloyd, who played Dr. Auslander from St. Elsewhere and Mr. Nolan in Dead Poet Society has passed away at the age of 106. He passed away on May 11th. Well, my future friends, that's actually it for the news. I looked around and there's nothing... Well, it does look like Angelina Jolie's movie from last week. Uh, Those Who Wish Me Dead uh, lost the battle with Saw, uh, or Saw, lost the battle with Spiral, who came out on top of an 8.7 million debut, which is normally a pathetic number, but post-co... during covid let's be honest covid is still a thing for covid numbers that is fantastic i think as more people get the vaccination uh, we'll start to see these numbers go up but it does scare me because vaccination numbers are starting to go down come on just get vaccinated there's no good reason well let us take our first break as we hear word from our friends at the somewhat nerdy podcast network that's both somewhat nerdy radio and nerds of the squared circle then we'll be right back with the trailer trove
1: are you looking
0: for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture well look no further somewhat nerdy radio is the podcast for you we cover nerd culture news new movie reviews bad movie reviews video games comics with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout somewhat nerdy radio is a flagship podcast the somewhat nerdy podcast
1: network Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhere nerdy.com. Good journey, nerds.
0: All right, my future friends, welcome back. It is time to jump into everyone's favorite segment, the trailer trove. Well, let's start with the first film of the week. This is an A24 fantasy movie. Yes, I believe it's our first actual jaunt into fantasy. Uh, anything else they did that had a fantastical edge to it was usually a horror. Uh, This is a straight up drama fantasy called The Green Knight, releases on uh, July 30th this year, Uh, directed by David Lowry, who did movies like A Ghost Story, the remake of Pete's Dragon, uh, The Old Man and the Gun. And when the trailer says a movie by David Lowry, Uh, this guy actually does stuff. So I, I fully support that he is actually someone who has accomplished things. And this is a movie starring Dave Patel, Alicia Vikander, Joel Edgerton, uh, Sean Harris, Barry Keohan, and other people. And this is a fantasy retelling of the medieval story of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. It was a 14th century poem that was written anonymously. Well, maybe not anonymously at the time, but uh, now we don't know who did it. Sir Gawain is King Arthur's nephew and a Knight of the Round Table. In this movie, he is played by Dev Patel. And so basically, the movie starts in the uh, around the Round Table, and this dude shows up called the Green Knight. He looks like he's made a void. He's like, hey, uh, one of your knights should face me. And so Sir Gawain steps up, kills the guy, but then he goes and pick- the guy goes and picks up his own head and goes, okay, well, in one year, we're going to fight again. So Sir Gawain has a quest for the Holy Grail. No, a different quest. Uh, I believe the quest is just to survive, maybe. So this is A24's first jaunt into the fantasy realm that has, also has nothing to do with horror. And it looks really good because A24 is one of those production companies that have a very noticeable style. That is to say, the kind of movies they do are uh, do share a lot of similarities. This one looks really good. It does look like they're going full into the fantasy. Not like Lord of the Rings level fantasy. But it looks like they're doing it enough that you're like, yes, this is a piece of fantasy. Because at one point we see there's a talking fox who seems to be uh, the traveling partner of Gawain. Uh, we have a scene where he's cresting some hills and sees a bunch of giants. This is a fantasy movie, and I am excited. From the trailer, it looks like we're going to get a good combination of artsy and, well, not artsy. Um, this doesn't feel like it's trying to be too arthouse, but this seems like a movie that can be enjoyed by both cinephiles who just wet themselves for a good indie film and the majority of other people as well. Uh, Next up, I thought we had another Fast and Furious 9 trailer, but after watching it, it just seems to be them kind of jerking themselves off because it shows a bunch of scenes featuring the women and then saying, oh, look, we're, we're such a great movie franchise for women. And to be honest, it's not bad now, but if you remember how they started out, it was very, oh, here's some street race. Here's a bunch of scantily clad women. Oh, we're going to Miami. I guess we're going to have a bunch of people mostly naked dancing around. But let's be honest, the women in the series have come a long way. And so they do have a point. But also, I don't need them to pat themselves on the back right in front of me. I I don't need to see that. What I did need to see, though, was more awesome scenes from the Fast and Furious 9. We do get one more big flashy scene. Uh, Hopefully, this might be the last preview so it doesn't ruin anything else. But we have who I think Letty is driving and the car goes up on its side and then it seems like rocket boosters shoot out and slams the car through this glass, uh, glass display in a building, goes through the building out the other side where it's caught by another car or a big, bigger vehicle that's being driven by Dom and the rest. Stupid, impossible and improbable. Yes, I love it. Anyway, this also has Bad Bunny in it as well as, you know, the rest of the cast. Oh, Michael Rooker, uh, is in it uh, he was added no rock in this one since we know that uh, Hobbs and shaw have fully split but i don't see the other shaw brother in it either so uh that seems interesting that they're not even bringing him back f9 comes out june 21st next up we have a film that's a sequel to uh, a movie you may have heard of before this is called the hitman's wife's bodyguard and yes this is a sequel to the hitman's bodyguard This stars Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson, who come back to reprise their roles, also has Salma Hayek as Samuel L. Jackson's wife, has Antonio Banderas as the main bad guy, Morgan Freeman is in this as well, Frank Grillo, has a release date of June 16th, and you know what, if you liked the first one, you'll like this one, that's all I have to say, It it looks like more of the same, and when it comes to action comedies like this, that's exactly what you want. I I don't go into a movie like this wondering, oh, are they going to break new cinematic ground with this? No, I just want to watch an action film and laugh. And it looks like that's exactly what I'm going to do once again June 16th. We do have a Netflix original movie. This is for an animated movie called Wish Dragon coming out June 11th. This is about a determined teen named Din who is longing to reconnect with his childhood best friend when he meets a wish-granting dragon who shows him the magic of possibilities. This is basically what would happen if they made Aladdin Asian. It it gives me Aladdin vibes through and through. We have this kind of poor, hopeless guy uh longing to be with someone who's way way out of his league. Uh one day he finds a magic lamp, in this case it's a magic teapot. Uh the good news about this is that it's free to watch on Netflix. I mean, you you pay for Netflix, but you know what I mean? And it is co-written by an Asian, the main guy, the director and the main writer is as far as I know, not Asian, but we have a dialogue writer who is Asian and the people who do the voices are Asian. So yeah, we have John Cho, Jimmy Wong, Constance Wu, Bobby Lee, Jimmy O. Yang are some of the names uh, doing voices in this. And I like this. I, I-, I like this. It-, it shows us that, look, we do have this project that's written and directed or co-written and fully directed by a non-asian about asians but look we we get representation in this and it doesn't feel it doesn't feel wrong and that's what i like about that so june 11th for that all right our next movie we have to talk about is the first trailer for the forever purge that is coming out on let's see july 2nd so the weekend of july 4th this is yes another purge movie All the rules are broken as a sect of lawless marauders decide that the annual Purge does not stop at daybreak and instead should never end. Uh, The two people of note I saw in the trailer are Ana de la Reguera from uh, Nacho Libre and Narcos and Goliath and Cassidy Freeman, who was on Smallville the last few seasons as Tess and uh, the show Longmire. Look, it's another Purge movie. You know if you're going to watch it, it's the same thing. It's more of the same thing. If you like it, watch it. Uh, I like the first two. I never saw the last purge or the I never saw the last two purges. Uh, I eventually will. But um, for now, I'll pass. All right. Next up in the trove is another Netflix original. This one coming out June 11th. It's called Skater Girl, who I believe said, see you later, girl. No, she did not. This is about a teen in rural India who discovers a life-changing passion for skateboarding, and she faces a rough road as she follows her dreams to compete. Uh, This is a movie... I'm not sure if it's from India. Is it from India too? Written and directed by uh, by people of Indian descent. Yes, it looks like it's from India. Uh, Just produced by Netflix, maybe, or purchased by Netflix. Uh, It's directed by Manjari Makijani and co-written by that same person, and... Venati Makijani. Amanjari Makijani has been a been in Hollywood for a bit. It looks like she's been second unit director of something for Wonder Woman and worked on Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol and Dunkirk and the Dark Knight Rises. Jesus Christ. Second unit director. That's what she's our assistant director. So, yes, she's cut her teeth on some movies people have seen. And she wrote this with someone who I assume is related to her because they're working on the same project. They have the same name. I'm assuming sister, since uh, on her bio on IMDb, it says uh, Vintani Makijane is a producer and actress. Or I'm just being terribly racist and just happen to have the same name. But come on, you'd make the same assumption, right? No matter if it, what the name was. Please don't cancel me. I'm not popular enough. I think this looks good. It looks very predictable, but it looks fun. We have the story of this girl who wants to do something that her father and even some of the people in her town think is a boy's thing and she finds his love and wants to pursue her passion familiar story uh, this time with skateboarding and our final trailer of the week is for a film called snake eyes gi joe origins does that title make you think of x-men origins wolverine well it makes me think of it uh, but this trailer makes me think of something much better don't get me wrong, X-Men, X-Men Origins Wolverine did have a couple cool parts, even though it was mainly a trash film. But luckily it looks like Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins, isn't going to fall into that same uh, that's, that same trap. Uh, this stars Henry Golding, the amazingly handsome and charming Henry Golding, as Snake Eyes, and Samara Weaving as Scarlet. This also has Andrew Koji from uh, a show called Warrior that ended in 2020. And uh, what else? Just a TV shows here and there. Uh, he is playing Storm Shadow. So we will be seeing Snake Eyes, Storm Shadow, and Scarlet. In the first movie, the uh, G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, and the sequel, Ray Park, the actor Ray Park played Snake Eyes. Ray Park, who's not Asian despite the last name Park, and now the role will be played by an actual Asian Henry Golding, whose stock just continues to rise uh, because he was in two things before Crazy Rich Asians, and then he exploded from there. He still hasn't done a whole heck of a lot, but he's done big things. Crazy Rich Asians, A Simple Favor with Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively, uh, Last Christmas with Amelia Clark, The Gentleman which was that Guy Ritchie film, right? Yeah, Guy Ritchie film with Matthew McConaughey. And yeah, now we have this. Uh, I am looking forward to it. I love G.I. Joe. I I do. I love G.I. Joe so much. Snake Eyes was always my favorite because Snake Eyes is a damn ninja and damn ninjas are entertaining. Remember the 80s when everything was ninjas? That time should come back because ninjas are awesome. So Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins comes out in theaters July 23rd. We did, if you're interested in looking at it, get a scene from Black Widow. Uh, It's a car chase scene, shows her and Florence Pugh in a car. It has Florence Pugh, so it's automatically awesome. And it's an entertaining scene. It's a minute and 22 seconds. It is action-packed. It's what I expect from a Marvel film. And it makes me think even more that, yes, Black Widow is finally going to be badass in this. No, we're not going to get the sad and boring Black Widow from previous films. This one's going to be pretty damn interesting. And once again, that is coming out on July 9th. And still, we'll see. Remember, it was supposed to get a Disney Plus only release, but now as things are starting to open up, we'll see if Disney changes their minds. I hope I will be seeing this in theaters. Uh, I hope I'll be watching this safely in theaters with my wife. But look, if it still doesn't look good. By then, I will get this on Disney uh, Disney Plus uh, Premiere Access. One way or another, I'm going to watch it. All right, my future friends, that is it for the trailer trove. Let us jump into our next break as we hear word from our friends at the Watch Your Mouth podcast, and we'll be right back with the limited release movies.
1: Please stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons, some host high dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever interneting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth podcast employ a different approach wall-to-wall filthy fucking language go to a
0: grocery store i'm like i know exactly what i need i get in there I'm like yeah, <laughs> the yeah did i even come here
1: for with our charity swear jar every fucked up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction
0: the motherfucker's a mouth breather
1: gaming movies life musings it's all here served on a bed of and garnished with a crown of shut the fuck up how the fuck did we get here fuck all that i did a jelly bean so if you want to hear us do good things with bad words check out the watch your mouth podcast on iTunes iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at wympodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth.
0: All right, future friends, welcome back to the show. It is time for the limited release movies. We have a few to talk about, Uh, not as many as the wide releases and interesting indies, so let's jump right into this. And like the last few weeks, we will do a couple of the next section and then take a break. So first, let's talk about three tickets to Paradise. That's one more than two. This, of course, is a limited release. AJ Parker and her ex-husband and a federal agent head for a ghost town in Mexico called Paradise and search for a hidden cache of 500 stolen Double Eagle $20 coins. Uh, This stars no one of note. Next movie is a limited and video-on-demand release called Seance. Camille... A young woman who arrives at the Fairfield Academy following one of the students' untimely and violent death. Yeah, no, it, it, that sounds weird, right? But that's exactly how they say it on IMDb. So let me tell you what it's really about. Camille shows up, and as she shows up at this academy, a student, uh, a student dies. Following that, Camille and some friends she makes at school decide to have a seance. And guess what? Nothing good happens. This stars Suki Waterhouse from The Bad Batch. Madison B- Beatty from The Fosters, Iniana Sarkis from After, and Ella Ray Smith from Into the Badlands. Next up, we have The Sound of Violence. Just a limited release, no VOD here. Alexis recovered from her hearing during the brutal murder of her family when she was 10. The visceral experience awakened synthetic abilities in her and started her on an orphaned path to self-discovery through the healing music of Brutal Violence. She goes on to pursue a career teaching and experimenting to find new sounds. She is supported and loved by her roommate, Marie, who is unaware of the dark secrets behind Alexis's unique music and the part she unknowingly plays. Faced with the likelihood of losing her hearing again, Alexis escalates her pursuit of her masterpiece through gruesome sound experiments and devastating designs. She won't let anything stop her, not even love. This stars Jasmine Savoy Brown from We the People, And Lily Simmons from Banshee. Oh, and uh, Dana L. Wilson from Dexter. Next up, we have a movie called The Drive. Another limited release. Aaron Falk returns to his drought-stricken hometown to attend a tragic funeral, but his return opens a decade-old wound, which is the unresolved death of a teenage girl. This stars Eric Bana from The Time Traveler's Wife, Genevieve O'Reilly from Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, and Bruce Spence from Dark City. And finally, in the limited release section, we have a movie called Four Good Days. You may remember me talking about the trailer on the show. This is about a mother who helps her daughter work through four critical days of recovery from substance abuse. This stars Mila Kunis from That 70s Show, Glenn Close from Fatal Attraction, and Steven Root from Office Space. I feel bad, honestly, putting a movie based on a true story about addiction in the limited section, but it just... It feels like a cheap ploy to get people to watch the movie going, oh, we have some famous names in this. It's about addiction, opioid addiction to be precise, which is a currently a plaguing our country. I just wish this movie looked better. All right, that was a quick limited section, right? So let's jump into the wide releases and do first three, I think, and then we'll, no, first two. So let's start with American Fighter. This is an Apple TV Plus original movie. In this gritty action tale, a young wrestler competes in the world of underground fighting to raise money for his ailing mother. But will he survive his next match? This stars George Costuros from American Wrestler, The Wizard. Yes, this is a sequel. Tommy Flanagan from Sons of Anarchy and Sean Patrick Flannery from The Boondock Saints. Um, I, I only included this because it is coming to streaming uh, i don't know how popular apple tv plus is i will never pay for it i will never no no matter how interesting the movie is i, I am going to avoid giving apple money at all costs and even if it wasn't for apple uh, i would skip this movie it just doesn't look good it looks so basic it looks like every other movie about some fighter who needs to make money for his family and he just needs one more fight but oh no it's the most dangerous fight yet is it worth it is it worth his life we've seen this movie a million times before and what's important is that the trailer did absolutely nothing to show me that it was going to be any different any different from any of the other films that were uh, out before this even with sean patrick flannery who i like quite a bit Uh, I'm, I'm going to say this is a 100% skip American fighter gets a three out of 11. And finally, before we take our next break is an Amazon original documentary called pink. All I know so far, this is a behind the scenes. Look at pink as she balances family life on the road, leading up to her first Wembley stadium performance on 2019's beautiful trauma world tour. And guess what? This is a documentary about pink, not the color, the singer, who's pretty badass. Uh, I like her quite a bit. And this trailer looks interesting because it is that is a big thing, right? When you have when you're such a big personality, when you have a career that revolves around travel. So actors, musicians, uh, sports people, especially professional wrestling who travel weekly, except during COVID, being to you know, travel weekly for all these people having a family is really hard. And it's going to be interesting watching this because Pink, whenever she can, brings her family with her, which I think is a good idea. And it will show us how she balances being a mother and being a musician. So yes, this is an Amazon original, so it'll be up on Prime for you to watch. Uh, I So far, Amazon, with their originals, haven't done any of that bullshit that Disney has been pulling is like, oh, you already have Disney Plus, but you're going to have to pay extra for this. No, they, they haven't done that. So good on them. And it blows my mind that they Amazon hasn't the big evil company. Amazon has not done that. But Disney has been like, yeah, fuck it. We'll do it. Give us more money. You know, you will pink. All I know so far gets a 7.5 out of 11. Well, my future friends, that is it for right now. Let us take a break and then we'll come right back to the rest of the wide releases and interesting indies. So let's hear a word from our friends at We're Doing Fine with Robbie and Lisa. Please stay tuned.
1: Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're We're Doing doing fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're we're doing doing fine. fine.
0: All right, we are back. We are back with a movie called Into the Darkness. This is a video on demand movie. Denmark. April 9th, 1940, a Danish industrialist cooperates and profits from the German occupation of Denmark while his family finds themselves on the opposite side of the conflict. This stars Jesper Christensen from Casino Royale. And you know what? It seems interesting. It does because this is a very, very tough thing because what if it happened to you? And that's what we have to ask ourselves. What if it did happen to you? What if the next world war happens? You're living in an area that gets occupied by the enemy. Uh, do you do all you can to fight even if, if even if it's basically suicide doing that, or do you just go along with it and or keep your head down? Because it looks like this guy's actually going along with it. he's trying to profit off of it, which I mean that's sh**. that is 100% shitty. So it's one thing just to try and stay alive, which I think this book by Kristen Hannah called The Nightingale, touched on really, really well, because it's about two sisters during World War II and how they take different approaches. One becomes a freedom fighter, basically. She becomes a, uh, a someone who's fighting, actively fighting in France against the Germans, and she's trying to help Jews and uh, other people that the Nazis are looking for help them escape, while her sister has a family, and she's trying to do all she can to keep her family together despite what's been going on and in that case i think it's i think that you can see both sides in this case where this guy is making money off of it unless the movie shows us some other side but based only on the premise and the trailer uh we can pretty easily say him and feel sorry for his family into the darkness gets a seven out of eleven All right, next up, my friends, we have a movie called New Order. And no, that's not about the band that sang True Faith. Instead, this is about a lavish high society wedding that unexpectedly turns into a class struggle that leads to a violent coup. This stars Diego Bonetta from Monster Hunter, and it's a movie from Mexico. This looks good. It does, because this movie does seem like something that could happen because it takes place in Mexico and we have this, like it says, lavish, high-society wedding. Tons of super, super rich people. And just like in America, in Mexico, there's a big gap between the rich and the poor. And these this group of super poor people go, you know what? We're fucking tired of this. They're having this huge wedding with all this food and glitz and glamour and we're barely surviving. So they kind of make do this like purge-esque raid on the place and it looks like interesting commentary on poverty in mexico new order gets a 7.5 out of 11 all right next up we have a movie called final account this is another limited release film an urgent portrait of the last living generation of Hitler's Third Reich in never-before-seen interviews, raising vital questions about authority, conformity, national identity, and their own roles in the greatest human crimes in history. This is a documentary, and it's literally about these people have found these members of Hitler youth that are still alive. And not just youth, like, people who were part of the third Reich in some way who are still alive and interviewing them. And they have vastly different takes. Like one of them says, we we had no idea. This is just what we did. We didn't know all this terrible stuff was going on. We were kids and we were told to go, Hey, you know what? This Hitler pretty great guy. So let's go along with it. Let's go and march around like little SS soldiers. And let's do the, the little, their little salute thing. And others were saying, no, we we knew we did. And I think this film will raise some questions that Jojo Rabbit did. And I think what Jojo Rabbit did so, so well was show that Jojo was going along with it, but he didn't really get it. And he started to really get it when he met the Jewish girl that his mom was hiding in her house. And then you start to see the more he starts to understand, like truly understand things. He's like, wait wait a minute. No, this isn't, this isn't cool. And so as he's understanding more and more the Hitler in his head, because remember Jojo rabbit was about this kid who had a imaginary Hitler as a friend, uh, the Hitler in his mind starts to get darker and dark goes from this kind of goofy, friendly guy to really dark. And it's a, it was such a well done movie. And unfortunately, but more interestingly, Final account seems like the real life version of that. Final account gets a 6.5 out of 11. It's one of those things that I want to watch, but I think it's going to really make me sick to watch it. Just to watch all these kids doing the Nazi salute, fl- like walking around with their swastikas, like it's the next great thing, and it sh- like that, it just makes me so disgusted. But let's talk about the next movie, which is much happier. Uh, We have three movies left before we get to the pick of the week. This one was almost the pick of the week, but I've I've been looking forward to the pick of the week a little more. So this film is called Dream Horse. This is a limited release film. Dream Alliance is an unlikely racehorse bred by a small Welsh town and the bartender Jan Vokes. With no experience, Jan convinces her neighbors to chip in their meager earnings to help raise Dream in the hopes he can compete with the racing elites. This stars Tony Collette from Hereditary, Damian Lewis from Band of Brothers, Owen Teal from Game of Thrones, and I don't know how to pronounce this name, S-I-A-N, is that some Welsh Sean spelling, or is it Cyan? Whatever, something, something Phillips from Dune, and Peter Davidson from Doctor Who. I think this movie looks really interesting. It looks like a, I'm going to compare it to Waking Ned Divine. Uh, do you remember Waking Ned Divine? Waking Ned Divine was from, let's see, 1998. It's an Irish movie about uh, a lottery, old lottery winner who dies of shock and his fellow townsfolk attempt to claim the money. So this film gives me similar fil- feelings to Waking Ned Divine, where we have this it's it's kind of dark because Waking Ned Divine, of course, is about someone who dies and then the whole town is trying to cash in on its lottery winnings. And Dream Horse is about a bunch of people who are either really poor or just they're just at the end of their ropes. They're, they've been working at these dead end jobs and they need hope. And Dream Alliance, this horse that they get, is that hope. So it's based on a true story and I actually don't know how it ends. I'm guessing it's going to end positive. Otherwise, that is a f- up movie to make. But here's the thing. How positive is it? Is it positive in the sense that the horse actually wins and they become rich because of it? Or does the horse not win, but they grow closer together because of this and they they just find joy in it? And maybe that's going to be the message here. Either way, this is a good cast. I, I love Tony Collette. I still haven't seen Hereditary because I know that's one of her biggest ones. Like everyone's all about that. If you if you say you haven't seen Hereditary and you're talking to some cinephile, they'll just about shit the bed. But I, I just have no interest in it. It just looks awkward and weird. And I'm just going to sit right here and enjoy her other films. But for this film that this is going to be one of those I enjoy. Tony Collette, Damien Lewis, the pairing I never knew I needed. And it's a movie about hope. And what do we need now more than ever? In the world we live in, we need hope. Dream Horse gets an 8.5 out of 11. All right, my future friends, the final one, the final movie before the pick of the week is called Blast Beat. This is a limited release film. When a family leaves their native Columbia for the United States in the summer of 99, a metalhead science prodigy and his aimless younger brother struggled to align the American dream with their new reality. This stars Daniel Day Kim from Lost, Diane Guerrero from Orange is the New Black, Wilmer Valderrama from That 70s Show, Moises Arias from The King of Staten Island, Mateo Arias from the original Blast Beat short, because this is based on a short, and Andrene Ward Hammond from The Lovebirds. So yes, this is based on a short film from 2015 by writer-director Esteban Arango. It carries over the brothers as main characters and adds other people. Diane Guerrero wasn't in it. You'd also know her from Jane the Virgin if you watched that. She was Jane's best friend. But this looks like an interesting movie. It looks like an interesting view on the American dream from the point of view of immigrants and how two, these two brothers have to try and adapt and how it's not easy because guess what they're not from these parts and guess what it's a little difficult just a little difficult for people who aren't born here for foreigners to get along to find that piece of the pie and then there's also the conversation on if you believe the american dream is a thing or not like that's a whole nother conversation for something that isn't this show not this show another show But we will talk about the fact that this looks really good. I'll be honest, the poster makes it look like some knockoff Attack the Block. If you remember Attack the Block was that movie with John Boyega uh, from, God, over 10 years ago, right? It's been a while uh, about aliens and they're invading the basically the hood in East London, West London. But this movie is has nothing to do with that. And I think it's very interesting because we know that these two brothers, Matteo and Carly, have have dreams and have ambitions. We know that Matteo just has a really hard time because he he's a lot younger than his brother. His brother's a little older. He's a metalhead and he's like some sort of genius when it comes to uh, when it comes to science. And the fact that they're having trouble adapting and in different ways too, kind of brings this rift between the brothers so what we have is a very interesting idea and I want to see this quite a bit and unfortunately with a film like this we're just gonna have to wait because even paper Tigers from a few weeks back that I really really wanted to see I still haven't seen yet and I will actually spend money to rent it on streaming and I still haven't seen it so I will 100% wait for this to come out on Blu-ray or DVD and I would get it then. And I think this is worth a watch. I think it is a good story. When we have movies that jump from being a short to a feature film, I don't know what the score is with those. Like how like what's the what's the um percentage of those films being good? I don't know that, but what I do know is that usually it's a good sign. Usually the the short movie struck a chord with enough people that they're like hey we can make this into a bigger film Uh, this looks good Uh, it looks like it's going to be a little harder to watch especially because it's uh, like i said a limited release i don't think it's available to rent right now on streaming anywhere but this also seems like the kind of movie that hulu would just randomly get like hulu or netflix would randomly get some indie drama that was released And flew under the radar and then they're they're like oh hey we'll get it because we can add another movie to our list and it's cheap i want to see this and i will see this one day but for now i'll just tell you that blast beat gets an eight out of 11 all right my future friends it's time for the pick of the week and you should know what it is if you've been keeping up on the coming soon to netflix list and that movie is army of the dead yes this is a netflix original film following a zombie outbreak in las vegas a group of mercenaries take the ultimate gamble venturing into the quarantine zone to pull off the greatest heist ever attempted this stars dave batista from guardians of the galaxy ella Purnell from miss peregrine's home for peculiar children omari hardwick from power ana de la reguera from goliath theo rossi from luke cage hiroyuki sanada from sunshine Garrett Dillahunt from Fear the Walking Dead. And finally, Tig Notaro, of all people, from One Mississippi. So, interesting fact about Tig Notaro. So, I'm going to quote this part of this Collider article verbatim. So, Tig Notaro didn't join the cast of Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead in the most traditional way. The film wrapped principal photography in late 2019, but Nataro's casting wasn't announced until August 2020. Following allegations of sexual assault against Krista Ella, the Army of the Dead team chose to remove him from the film entirely and have Nataro play the part using green screen and CG technology to blend her in. And you know what? I'm going to say this. They did a good enough job that I had no idea she wasn't supposed to be in the movie until I read this uh, read this article. And let's make it very clear. Right now, these are just allegations against Chris Elia, Elia? Elia, I think. Uh, he's been in shows like Alone Together and a couple episodes of The Good Doctor uh undateable 36 episodes of that so there are just allegations right now five women have come forward uh, against him and these days in hollywood you can't take that chance you really can't so i agree that this is that was the safest thing for them to do right now because let's say it the time passes and it turns out that these allegations were false then all they, the company has to do is go, hey, we were just trying to protect ourselves because it could be death to a movie to have a known criminal, especially regarding something as heinous as sexual assault and keeping them in the film and still putting that film out and pushing it. So for them, they could just say, hey, we're trying to protect our film. Uh, we apologize to Chris, whatever. I already forgot his name. Chris I think. So that is a terrible situation, but the only upside, the only upside is that I like Tignataro a whole lot better because I have no idea who the f that other guy was, but Tignataro I like. And I like her so much in the trailer. Uh, they, they, they had one short snippet come out basically introducing Tignataro's character, and it looked very well done. I couldn't even tell that she wasn't there when filming was happening and her she looks badass. I never thought I would watch a movie and see Tignataro and go wow, she is badass and could probably kick my ass. No offense to you Tignataro if you're listening. Also, if you're listening, hey, do you want to come on the show? I'd be, I'd love to interview you. One day that's going to work. I'm you know, I'm just going to keep doing that and one day it'll work. No, I don't truly really believe that. So this movie looks Ridiculous. It looks stupid and it looks fun. This is what I want to watch. This is what we need to kick off the summer movie season. Because do you remember the pre COVID times when I would talk about the summer blockbuster season and each year I would go, oh, hey, it's starting earlier and earlier and earlier. Well, this is an okay time. It's not summer yet, one month away till June. But hey, even though this is coming to Netflix, It's the perfect thing because it's a action horror. Uh, Seems like there's going to be a little bit of comedy in it. It's not going to be a super dark movie. It's going to be a little lighthearted, I think. It's going to have a runtime of two hours and 28 minutes on the Netflix, which almost all of you should have. So we know that this film is about Dave Bautista plays an ex something. He's an ex something. He's an ex military dude or ex what have you. And someone comes up to him and goes, hey, you know what? I have an idea. You know that Vegas was taken over by zombies, right? Yeah, that shit sucks. It's crazy pants bonkers. But guess what? You are a former badass. Let's get all these other badasses together. And let's fucking rob a casino because all that money's just sitting there. And we can split it whatever ways and you'll all be rich. And guess what? It's not going to be that easy because some video game shit is going down with this. We have... Like, Left for Dead special characters in this movie. Do you remember 2005's Land of the Dead with Simon Baker, John Leguizamo, uh, Asia Argento, Dennis Hopper? Uh, who else was in that? Well, that's basically it. There were more people, but those are the big names. Do you remember that the zombies were kind of getting smart in this? That the zombies killed someone with a gun, and this one guy picked up the gun and figured out how to use it. I'm getting Land of the Dead vibes from this film and that's a good thing because Land of the Dead was a stupid film. It was a George A. Romero horror film and I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Sure there are a couple of iffy parts in it but the rest of the film was pretty good and that's what I expect from Army of the Dead. I don't expect anything really good. I expect something fun. I expect something enjoyable, something that will make me smile, something that will keep me entertained for the two hour and 28 minute runtime. The only issue, the only possible issue is that this is Zack Snyder. And we know that Zack Snyder is really hit or miss with his movies. Because like I said, with Zack Snyder's Justice League, my issue, even though I liked it, was that how was this movie ever going to be good? How is it ever going to be good? if it took a full four hours to tell the story. But look, Zack Snyder did a zombie movie before he did Dawn of the Dead, which was a ridiculous zombie movie. It was fun. I liked it. I expect to like this, too. It's not going to be a great movie, but it's going to be something that I will enjoy, something that I will buy when it comes out, something I would love to have it on my shelf. And look, this also has the benefit of having Dave Bautista in it, who I am a big fan of. I like Omari Hardwick. Like I said, Tignataro, Oh, Hiroyuki Sonata. Come on. He's awesome. This movie has a lot going for it, and I am really looking forward to watching this when it comes out this week. Army of the Dead gets a nine out of 11. All right, my future friends, that is it. Still no question of the week. Like I said, um, look, if it takes me too long to start going back and listening to it, if I put it off any longer, I'll just start it up again. But for now, I'm going to send you along your way to listen to the other great shows in the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network, and let's wrap this all up with the closing housekeeping. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That is somewhatnerdy.com. I would really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars, please. And also, share the podcast. Share with your friends. That is how we grow here on the show. And then, how do you reach me? That is a great question. You can leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. You can leave a comment on SoundCloud. You can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at BilliamSWN you can email me at billiamreviews at gmail.com and please consider supporting the show on patreon you can find a link in the show notes and also on the somewhat nerdy site be sure to check out the other shows in the network somewhat nerdy radio and nerds of the squared circle don't forget to support the friends of the show you've heard their ads tonight please check out my personal blog billiamthenerd.com and then finally my dear friends My dear, dear listeners, my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.